Hi, Sunshine, Liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. <laughs> I have to laugh because Val says, Val says, helps if he hit the play button, been one of those days, and here I go coming into the show forgetting to turn the screen on. <laughs> it has been one of those days. So, uh, actually, it's actually been a wonderful day. Been really, really busy today, so I'm not quite sure how I'm going to be. Might be stupid tired, might be giddy, might be on, might be off, I'm not sure, but with your prayers and the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll be riding, riding along with our teach show, no talk show thing going on. Uh, those of you who regularly follow, you know that JC and I have been very active in our state uh, legislature, le legislature lately on a bill uh, regarding parental rights. Uh, I actually spoke before the Senate Judiciary Committee on this bill and it looks like our parental rights bill is going to pass, going to be signed into law by Governor DeSantis here in Florida and we're pretty excited about it. So we had a, uh, there was a big prayer breakfast this morning in our state capitol. But it takes four hours to get to our state capitol. And JC and I left for the state capitol with uh, three other people from our church at one o'clock this morning. And so we uh, arrived in the state capitol. We had breakfast. Uh, I <laughs> tried very hard not to fall asleep and uh, during the breakfast. And uh, then we drove back another four hours. So um, I'm a little tired, but I'm way excited and uh, too blessed to be stressed. So very excited to see these small victories. You know, I think here's something that I want to mention because um, yesterday I got a little excited about, about being encouraged. And I just want to show you ways you can be encouraged. I think that a lot of discouragement comes in America because people are not involved. You got it. You have a tendency to get discouraged because all you see is what is happening in the news. All you see is what's on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. And don't you know if it bleeds it leads. Disaster sells. Sorrow is the currency of media. They have to feed you this negativity. It's it's how they string you along. If you're happy, you don't need them. But their addictive drug is is depression, is sorrow, is is distraught. It's uh, you know all of the dangers and tragedies and calamities and crises. That's how they keep us strong along. But when we get involved, there we see the small victories which keep us along. Like JC and I traveling around and teaching, the victories that we see are the numbers are growing, the people are learning, the people are wanting to learn, they're hungry for this stuff. Young people wanting to learn. Oh my goodness. I have two classes this week. Let me go ahead and, and pull this up here for you so you can, um, I can tell you about these classes. I think that I meant to tell them to yesterday and I got distracted. But um, this Thursday. This Thursday, I will be teaching in Port St. Lucie, uh, Florida at 6 p.m. This is an amazing class. 
This is my America Disarmed class, and I can't wait to teach this uh, this time in Port St. Lucie on Thursday because this will be the first time, hello, the first time that I've been able to teach this class since Virginia. And so I'm very excited to put this uh, all together in its modern con context. I'm being hosted by the Treasure Coast Republican Liberty Caucus, and it's uh, going to be at the 19th Hole and Sandpiper Room on 2601 Southeast Morningside Boulevard in Port St. Lucie, Florida, tomorrow, tomorrow, no, Thursday evening at 6 o'clock, excuse me. So, again, go to chrisannhall.com, click on the calendar, you can see all of this. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock, oh, that's, that's a radio show I'm pre-recording, we'll post that. But Thursday at 5 o'clock, I will be on the Kate Daly show. So, uh, by the way, Thursday we won't be having a show here on YouTube because I will be teaching in Port St. Lucie, so I can't be on the air with you at the same time that I'm doing that. So, I'm also on Friday at 1 o'clock. In the afternoon, going to be in Palm City, Florida, uh, with the Center for Constitutional Values, and I will be teaching at the Piper's Landing Country Club in Palm City, Florida, from 1 to 3.30, and that's going to be the history of the Constitution. So if you want to catch up on all those classes, if you want to come hear me speak live, then these are the places this week in Florida. Now, we have events coming up in Reno, Nevada. We have events coming up in Texas. We have events coming up in Missouri. We have events coming up um, maybe in California even. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff on our schedule coming up. So go to chrisannahall.com and click on the calendar and see where I'm going to be near you. And so um, I wanted to talk to you today about some some fun things, some sad things, some whatever things. You know, I I get sometimes on these rants about the Supreme Court, about the courts in general, because as a lawyer, as someone trained in the law, I am highly offended at the way the American people see the court system today. I know the Constitution, I know how it's supposed to work, I know the limited nature of the branches of government, and I find it highly offensive that over 176 years that we have, and I'll just simply say for the general population, unknowingly transformed the, the, the court system into an oligarchy of, of rulers over the people. And so every once in a while I put out little tidbits, and this is one, you know, just your little 30-second sound bites. I love them, and I call them elevator speeches, right? So you have just a little snippet of education that you memorize or something that you're, you have ready to go in your pocket whenever you might need it, whenever you need to spark up a conversation. Remember, we're not just here to pontificate, we're here to educate. I'm an educator. And so here's the little thing that I want to share with you today. If someone says SCOTUS, now for those of you who don't know what that means, that stands for Supreme Court of the United States. If someone says SCOTUS is the ultimate arbiter of the Constitution and we must submit to their judgment, remind them SCOTUS said it was, quote, constitutional to put American men, women, and children in detention camps with no due process for years, all in the name of feeling safe. See, 
it happens here in America. So if it happened once, you can't believe that it will never happen again. And that case, Korematsu, has never been officially overturned. Roberts made a comment about it uh, in what we call in the legal field indicta, which means he mentioned it in a case that had nothing to do with the facts of Korematsu and said, oh, by the way, don't you think it's about time we overturned Korematsu? Well, here's how this works. When we make the courts the ultimate arbiters, right? That means that nobody is, quote, allowed to overturn them unless they overturn themselves. So you have to slavishly submit to the Supreme Court. We talked about this yesterday. Remember the circuit, the Seventh Circuit was so beside themselves that, that the, the executive branch would look at them and say, no, I'm not doing that. You guys are wrong. This is not what the law says. You're wrong about this. And because you're wrong about this, we don't have to follow you. Right? And so we have taught this slavish submission to the courts. And Korematsu the case that the Supreme Court said, yes, it's constitutional to arrest, detain men, women, and children because of where their birth heritage is, without due process, you can keep them in internment camps for four years simply because of their heritage, the way their faces look, the color of their skin. And that's constitutional, they said. Well, the only, and it's still standing law by those who believe in judicial supremacy. And the reason that, that, that Robert said, well, no, you think it's about time we overturn it, is because the only way you overturn a case is you challenge it. Who gets to challenge? When, when's the next time the federal government is going to throw people in internment camps? Because... In order to challenge Korematsu, you have to have standing, which means you have to be thrown in an internment camp. You have to have the facts to overcome the, the, the precedent that's been set. So basically, when we worship the court as some kind of oligarchy, we actually have to allow... I can't even say this out loud. We, they believe we have to allow government to oppress us so that we can have standing to fight the government in the court where the government sits in the court. Thomas Jefferson said, The government created by this compact was not made the exclusive or final judge of the extent of the powers delegated to itself, since that would have made its discretion and not the Constitution the measure of its powers. Now, Jefferson wasn't the only one who said that. A lot of people, a lot of many, many, many founders have said that. And so this is something we've got to get into our heads. We are not slaves to any part of government. We are not, Mar we don't live in a Marxist regime. We don't have so totalitarian socialist rulers. We don't have them, period. And we've got to get out of this mental brainwashing. It's just, it's, it's terribly, terribly disturbing to me uh, how all of this works.
uh, how we're deceived and strung along uh, with this stuff. Let me, sh I want to show you this, this China thing, China. This is so disturbing to me. I want to show you what CNN has said. China's unprecedented reaction to the Wuhan virus probably couldn't be pulled off in any other country. CNN and analyst uh, James Griffin, I, I just can't believe this, he's actually bragging on the fact that China was able to lock down 60 million people. A population greater than the entire population of South Korea, China was able to go down and quarantine, what is that, martial law, 60 million people. And this socialist nincompoop, can I just say, communist idiot, is saying, wow, that's really, really awesome. Woohoo! Go, go, China. We're so fortunate that they're the communists. Communists, do you see what they're saying? Communism saves lives. Because China is communist, they can quarantine, they can, they can sub, uh, subject 60 million people to martial law, and they can save lives. We need communism in America so we can save lives too. Are you freaking kidding me? See, I, I, I mean, we've talked about this on the show already. This Wuhan, vi Wuhan virus is man-made. It was made in a laboratory in Surrey, England. You can go to the patent, the U.S. patent site, because there's a, pa a U.S. patent on it. You can go to the U.S. patent site. You can actually see the name of the three scientists that developed the, the coronavirus. You can see it. And then, how do we know that this was not intentionally released? How do you know China didn't intentionally release the coronavirus in, in where it did? so that they could quarantine 60 million people and shut down protesters. I, I mean, I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. And you got CNN all in a flutter because China is a communist country because, and, and they're able to pull this off. Let me, let me read this to you. That China is able to pull something like this off is thanks to the ability of a centralized, powerful leadership to react in a crisis. It's also a sign of just how vital it is for that leadership not to screw up. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and highlight this and put this on the screen so you can read this yourselves. China is able to pull something off like this. What? depriving 60 million people of life, liberty, and property is thanks to the ability of a centralized, powerful government. They think this is awesome. 
They think this is great. The Communist News Network showing who they are again. I, I, I have no trust in these things. They're man-made. I got somebody coming on me on Twitter saying, Chrisanne, you don't know what you're talking about. And then they, they took the screenshot coming from somewhere. I don't know where it came from. Uh, of quotes of Dr. Mitzel, you people are misdescribing this as a, a virus that was created in a lab. This is completely different. This is not the same thing. Nothing. These are not the droids you're looking for. You know, I, I, I don't get Jedi mind tricked like that, okay? Uh, anybody who knows anything about bioengineering, anybody who knows anything about patents knows. You cannot use the name of something that's patented unless you're actually describing the thing that was patented. I mean, really, what's the sticking point of a patent if you don't own the name? And the fact that they're calling it the coronavirus, and that was patented in 2015, don't tell me that this is something else. I, I, don't, I don't do... Uh, I, I don't do the Jedi mind tricks. I just simply don't do them. So, here we go. Uh, if you just pardon me for one second, I've got to remind the people in our chat room. Look, you have got to be cordial to each other. I am going to delete you. I am going to block you. If you're going to sit around calling each other names... And, and saying nasty things in my chat room, you will be booted. This is your final warning, okay? This is, you can be, you can disagree, you can argue, and you cannot get along. But you have to be cordial about it. It's right there in the beginning. It's practically the only rule. I say no bad words, only big words, and you have to be cordial. So if you're going to be childish and you're going to be ugly, go find another place. Because you have no free speech on my YouTube channel. There's my little PSA, okay? So I'm not going to be mom and be referee and decide whose fault it is. I'm going to be the mom that whoops everybody and sorts it out in the end. So just take it for what it is and, and get over it and move on, okay? Thank you very much. So, here we have CNN bragging on China. And then, you know, I, I, I just don't get this. Democracy. Democracy. How is it that democracy is the champion of the day? I'll tell you how democracy is the champion of the day. Democracy is the champion of the day because it is the quickest way to get to socialism. It is absolutely the quickest way to get to socialism. And I, I, I don't know how to help people. It's the illusion. One voice, one vote. No. It doesn't work that way. There's a particular reason that we are a constitutional republic. 
we are a constitutional republic, so we can't be ruled over by the majority. So that our government can't be tossed to and fro by the whim of the people, by personalities, by, by social trends. You see, a constitutional republic is a static government. It is a standardized government. So you always know what the government can and cannot do. So you always know the limits of government. And you always know how to control them. The fact that the vast majority of the American people feel clueless about how to control their government is not because the controls don't exist. It's because we've become, we have become unaware of those controls. We've been taught outside of those controls. We've been taught those controls don't exist. So, it's time for us to, you know, really, 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 really start stepping up and speaking out. I, put, I published out a video today uh, from an interview that I did about... Uh, what is a democracy? Why is America not a democracy? And who benefits from the democracy? So go to Chris Ann Hall, uh, go, go to uh, the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel. You can see that there. It's one of the little short projects that we're doing. You can also find it on Twitter. You can find it on Instagram. You can find it on LinkedIn. Uh, and yeah, those are the places where you can find it. So uh, make sure that you're checking into the YouTube channel, not just for these live broadcasts, but for the educational short videos that we're making as well. You know, I did watch a little bit of the, uh, well, I didn't actually listen. I, I watched, I listened to a little bit of the impeachment today while we were in the car driving home from Tallahassee. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to me how, how obvious certain things are that people are not saying out loud, okay? People are not saying out loud. Let me let me let me show show you. If Donald Trump actually violated a law, because remember at this point in time, the articles of impeachment that are listed are not violations of law. They are not laws that have been violated. There is no law to describe the two elements of the Articles of Impeachment. So if Donald Trump, because I'm telling you, I told you from the beginning, I want to know. I want to know if the President of the United States has committed uh, treason, bribery, high crimes, or misdemeanors. Now, treason isn't something that makes you feel bad. It's actually an enumerated crime. It's actually a statutory offense. Bribery also has statutory elements. High crimes and misdemeanors are statutory. You can actually go and read the elements. Not liking somebody's foreign policy is not a crime. Donald Trump is not accused of any crimes in these articles of impeachment. And so I, I just want to I want to posit this to you. The Democrats keep saying over and over and over again, Donald Trump is guilty of crimes. He's guilty of crimes. He's a criminal. And it's not just the Democrat politicians, it's the leftists on the internet, it's everywhere. Donald Trump, he's a criminal. He's, he's violated so many laws and treason, whatever. Okay, so if Donald Trump, I want to know, 
If Donald Trump has committed a crime, a real one, not the imaginary ones in their minds, if Donald Trump has committed a real crime, then why did the House Democrats work so hard to hide it? Think about that. If Donald Trump actually committed a real crime, not something that they've made up in their heads, but actually committed a real crime, which means we can go to a statute book, whether it be federal or state level, we can read the elements of the crime, we have the evidence that corroborates the violation of the elements of the crime, if he actually committed a crime as they assert, they'll even tell you multiple crimes, then why did the House, Demo why did the House Democrats work so hard to actually hide the crimes of Donald Trump and create these most very ridiculous articles of impeachment that are no crimes at all. See, if he's actually guilty of a crime and they know that he is actually guilty of committing crimes, why didn't they actually charge him with those crimes? Why did they work so hard to stir up a circus and create these ridiculous articles of impeachment that are no crime at all? My question is, who are they hiding? What are they hiding? What would actually happen if Donald Trump actually violated a law? Actually violated a law. Why are the House Democrats working so hard to hide that. Who are they protecting? What are they hiding? Because if Donald Trump actually committed a crime and they won't actually bring that evidence forward, that tells me that not only Donald Trump is going down, they're going down too and they don't want that to happen. This is just simple deduction, simple logic. I mean, they're adamant. I was listening to some of the testimony today, and I'm sorry I don't remember who it was. I was half in and out, but because, uh, you know, we're in the car and tired and all this other stuff, right? And so this Democrat comes on and says, uh, the founders would be offended. Are we just going to sit back and allow Donald Trump to cheat in an election one more time? Now, wait a minute. Whoa, back up a second. Cheating in election is called election fraud. And that's an actual crime. Like a statutory crime. With actual elements. So, let's, let's pause here for a second. Because this Democrat accused Donald Trump of committing a crime. As if that's what this impeachment is all about. Donald Trump cheating on an election. So if you have evidence that Donald Trump cheated in an election, where is it? Bring it forward, please. Because it's, it's, it's not only immoral, it's actually illegal to accuse someone of a crime publicly and then falsely accuse them of a crime. So if you actually know that Donald Trump has committed a crime of election fraud, please bring the evidence forward. We want to see it. We, I want to see it. But the question has to be, what are they hiding and who are they hiding? If they are so adamant, so one of two things is happening. Either they're hiding something or protecting someone 
or Donald Trump didn't actually commit a crime. Those are your only two choices, actually. So he actually committed a crime, and they're hiding the evidence to protect someone or some people. Because they're going through a whole lot of work to put up a whole lot of nothing. Seriously. Fighting to have people come and testify. One Democrat said today, I don't know what they're afraid of. We already know what these witnesses are going to say. They should just have them testify again. Well, if we already know what they're going to say, why do we have to have them testify again? If we already know what they're going to say, it obviously has not proven that there is actually a crime that's been committed. So why do we have to waste the American tax dollars and the American people's time and money on something that we've already heard? And what are you hiding? That's just my question. Seriously, what are you, what, what are you hiding? Here's another question that I had. Donald Trump is being accused of abuse of power, which is not a crime, by the way. Abuse of power for investigating the misconduct of the son of a political opponent. And that's abuse of power. What do you call the FBI investigating Donald Trump while he was a candidate running for office? If it's illegal, and I put this with the finger quote things because there's no law, to investigate a political candidate, e.g. Biden, through his son. How is it not illegal for the FBI to investigate a political candidate named Donald Trump? Now, before the people get freaked out and, oh, Chrisanne, she's a sycophant, whatever, this is not about Donald Trump. Yes, I used his name. Yes, I used this situation. But this is not about Donald Trump. This is about the rule of law. This is about due process. This is about a government that can't operate on a whim and, 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 and a fancy. This is about a government that is not above the law, that is actually held to the standard of the law. Because here's the bottom line. If they can ignore the law for the President of the United States, who are you? You're nobody. Donald Trump has the protection of, of his publicity, of his public station. He has money to buy lawyers and the top lawyers. He has the coverage of the media to ensure that he's not being snatched off and turned to some black site somewhere. But if they can do this as publicly as they're doing to the President of the United States, where are you? And that's why we have to fight this stuff. Where are you? How many of you want to be tried for no crime at all? Anybody want to raise their hand there? How many of you want your children to be tried for no crime at all? Just, you made me feel bad, so now I'm going to throw you in prison. You made me feel bad, so now I'm going to take your house. Now I'm going to come after you. So, Seriously, it's about you and me. It's about due process, and it's about liberty. Uh, th this sort of um, 
made me laugh, so I wanted to share it with you. The NSA, I, I have to show you this is this is this is hilarious. Let me put this over here on the web for you. The NSA sincerely regrets regrets. <laughs> The NSA sincerely, sincerely regrets deleting all Bush-era surveillance data it was ordered to preserve. I love this because this totally ties into the case with the Seventh Circuit that we had yesterday. Remember how indignant they were that the, de the Department of Justice was refusing to comply with their opinion, which in this case, with or yesterday's case, was absolutely uh, correct because the courts were wrong but now and they said oh we've never seen this before well it's happening a lot more than maybe you want to admit so the national security agencies have become completely politicized over the past 17 years and are now pursuing selfish agendas that actually endanger what remains of American oh do I have to say it out loud Mr. Durden if you're listening to me today, Mr. Tyler Durden, we are not a democracy, okay? So, but he says, uh, are now pursuing selfish agendas that actually endanger what remains of American democracy, all right? So, nowhere is that independence of the state within a state more evident he says than the blatant and egregious news this week that the national insecurity agency destroyed surveillance data it pledged to preserve in connection with pending lawsuits and apparently never took some of the steps it told the federal court it had taken to make sure the information was not destroyed according to a recent court filings. Oops, I'm being sued? Oops, I'm sorry, I lost all the paperwork. My dog ate it. Really, I, I, I tripped and the papers fell in the shredder. I fell down the steps while I was carrying my hard drive. You know, those slippery little hard drive things. They just jump right out of your hands. Oh, I dropped that hammer 37 times on my PC. Come on, people. Seriously? Let's look at this. As political reports... The National Security Agency told a federal judge that it is investigating and sincerely regrets its failure, right? I'm sorry, I said that wrong. The agency tells the federal judge that is investigating. So there's a federal judge investigating the NSA in this lawsuit. And the NSA says, oh, we're so sorry. Since 2007... Are you catching this? Since 2007, the NSA has been under court order to preserve data about, uh, it says about certain, uh, data about certain of its surveillance efforts that came under legal attack following disclosures that President George W. Bush ordered warrantless wiretapping of international communications after the 2001 terrorist attacks. 
on the U.S. In addition, the agency has made a series of representations in court over the years about how it's complying with its duties. And now when it's time to actually turn over the stuff, oops, my bad, we don't have them anymore. This is the official statement. Are you ready for this? Quote, the NSA sincerely regrets its failure to prevent the deletion of this data. NSA's Deputy Director of Capabilities. <laughs> I'm sorry, does anybody else see how ridiculously stupid that is? <laughs> the NSA Director of Capabilities. <laughs> well... Somebody needs to check his job description because I don't think he's living up to the standard. The NSA's Deputy Director of Capabilities, identified public publicly as Elizabeth B., wrote in a declaration filed in October. Oh, that's great. The NSA's Director of Capabilities is a secret agent and we can't even know her name. Is it actually a she? Or is she just self-identifying in her secret capacity as an Elizabeth? Come on, people. You can't write this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. That, uh, facepalm doesn't even cover the magnitude of absurdity that we're dealing with here. And we're distracted by the orchestrated circus of this impeachment ridiculousness. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, they're spying on us. They're denying us our due process. And when the wheels of justice are trying to move in a manner that they're supposed to move, And they say, oops, sorry. She says, NSA senior management is fully aware of this failure. <laughs> yeah, because you ordered it. And the agency is committed to taking swift action to respond to the loss of this. What exactly does swift action mean? Can we run the numbers here? Because they were ordered by the court pursuant to an investigation based on a lawsuit since 2007. Since 2000, let me read this again. Since 2007, NSA has been under court orders to preserve this data. And Miss Secret Agent Elizabeth B. says, we are committed to taking swift action. 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 13 years. Woo! We're swiftly moving, aren't we? Moving right along there in our swiftitude. Swiftitude. I'm making up a word. Swiftitude. I, 
I, I just don't get that. Defiance of a court order. This is hilarious, too. Defiance of a court order can result in civil or criminal contempt charges. What does that look like, actually, when a court orders the NSA in civil contempt? I mean, we talked about this yesterday. In order to force enforce civil uh, contempt, the courts have to have the cooperation of the executive branch because the courts don't have a sword. They can't enforce anything. So what do you do? You look at the executive branch and tell them to enforce civil contempt on the executive branch? No. Thomas Jefferson said that impeachment was merely a scarecrow. I would say so is civil contempt when it's against the executive branch. It's really disappointing, said David Green, an attorney with the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which has been leading the prolonged litigation over the federal of the program in the federal courts in San Francisco. The obligation's been in place for a really long time now. We had a major dust-up about it just a few years ago. This is definitely that sh something that should have been found sooner. Well, I think the NSA found it quick enough. We're sincerely sorry that we got rid of your records. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Seriously? I, this is why we need people in government that are not political prostitutes sold out to the deep state. These people need to be in jail. Elizabeth B., needs to be in jail. The leadership, she, let me read this again. She says, secret agent, secret agent woman Elizabeth B. says the, N the NSA senior management is fully aware of this failure. Well, guess what? The entire NSA senior management over this, pro over this project ought to be in prison. You know, JC and I were military intelligence. If we destroyed evidence let's just be clear in the in the real world if you and i were being sued and we destroyed the evidence about that lawsuit we wouldn't be issuing apologies we'd be in prison <sighs> i'm sorry when the people who make the laws and the people who enforce the laws are no longer bound by those laws you don't live in a representative government anymore. It just doesn't work like that. Now this is not me being defeated. This is me pointing out the problem so we can work harder at the solution. Get away from the duopoly, the red versus blue. Start electing people for their character. And if, 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 if their character proves to be something that, that they're not, if the character they portrayed while they were running for office is proved to be what they're not really a, are as a person, then they should serve only one term. They're gone. Period. You know, I talked about this when I fell out with Marco Rubio. Because Marco Rubio made big, big promises. I mean, he was off beautiful speeches. Knew how to quote the founders, bring a tear to your eye. And then he went up there and did the exact opposite 
of what our found of what he said our founders believed in. So that tells me one of two things has happened. Okay. So let me let me give you this in general because I I gave it to you in specific with the um, I gave it to you in specific with Marco Rubio, but let's just generalize it because I want you to be able to apply this to your politician. If they stand in front of you and make big promises, if they talk big about the Constitution, if they wrap themselves in the flag, and they get up there and they vote for things like continuing resolutions for spending, if they increase our debt, if they vote for the indefinite detention provisions in the NDAA, if they continue to maintain the Patriot Act, if they continue to maintain the Federal Buildings Grounds Improvement Act, Buildings and Grounds Improvement Act, which is not what it is. If you don't know what that is, go to chrisannhall.com. If they continue to argue that you should be disarmed while the government remained armed. All these people, they wrap themselves in the Constitution, they quote the founders, they salute the flag, and then they go up there and then they violate your liberty at every single turn. One of two things is happening. Either when they stood before you and they were running for office, they lied. They just stood before you with a straight, serious face and lied to your face. Now that's an indication of their character. Bad character. They need to go. One term. Maximum. Or, number two, they actually believed what they said when they were running for office. But they were so weak in character that when they actually got into office, they were because of their character failure. They were unable to stand up for what they believed in. And then you know that their character is weak and they need to go. One term max. So I don't care if they lied. Or if they're just weak, so pitifully weak in character that they cannot even stand up to the principles that they mouthed they believed in. Either way, they got to go. And the idea that we don't have the power to do that is like an elephant with a rope around his foot tied to nothing. You know that's how that works, right? They chain the elephant to a stump when he's little. And so that when he's grown, all he needs is the weight of the chain on his foot. We've been trained for 176 years. We don't need to be tied to anything anymore. We just actually believe we're enslaved, that we have no power. Come on, if Virginia showed us anything, we have the right, we have the power, we have the ability to unite and stand together in a very, very influential and powerful way. We just, we just have to do it. We just have to do it. Well, guys, I think that's uh, all we're going to do for today's show. I want to thank you for joining me today. Oh, Chris Ann's got to get some shut eye sometime today. And uh, I haven't seen my son Colton all day. So I think that Colton and I are going to go uh, eat some Chinese food for dinner, sit and uh, watch a movie, and uh, have some mom-son time together. 
So I want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart with all the deepest of sincerity. You will never hear me say what the big heads say. You know, you have no better place to be than here. I am grateful that you love liberty as much as I do and that you want to learn and you want to share this time together. So stay encouraged. We already have the victory. God bless and I will see you next time.